there, it's Carrie. Thank you so much for joining me on this latest episode of Invisible Wounds Healing from Trauma. This is episode 33, and we're going to talk about finding our anchor points and why this is so important for us as survivors of trauma. I'm so glad that we're walking the path towards healing together. So just a quick reminder, I'm not a clinician, counselor, or physician. I'm a certified trauma and resiliency life coach, a certified trauma support specialist, advocate, and someone with lots of lived experience with trauma. Also, the information presented in this podcast is for educational purposes only and not meant to replace treatment by a doctor or any other licensed professional. All right, let's dive in. This week, I wanted to talk about being rooted in the present, being in the moment, and how to develop kind of a self-rescue plan for those times when we feel so lost, adrift, and deep in the darkness of our own thoughts. This episode is especially dedicated to those who feel like they are at the breaking point. As survivors of trauma, we have been through many awful and horrible things, things that should have never happened to us, things we didn't ask for or want, things no one should ever have to go through. These events have completely changed us in almost every way. It colors not only how we see ourselves, but the world around us. We try so very hard to control what happens in our lives as a result. When our traumas happen to us, we had no control. But often what happens is the more that we try to control things, the more out of control we feel. And one reason for that is that we're trying to control things that are not within our power to control. We can only control what we do, say, and how we react or respond. We can't control other people, other places, other events. But we try anyway, and it can end up being this vicious cycle as we get more and more desperate to hang on and to try to keep control. What can happen is we end up spiraling completely out of control ourselves with our thoughts, feelings, and emotions. It's kind of like trying to keep hold of a tornado. You just can't do it. Or on the other side of the spectrum, if you're like me, you can shut down completely, becoming numb, frozen, unable to move, think, or react. I have so completely shut down to the point where I couldn't get out of bed. I was so numb and so desperate. I began to self-harm. I wanted to see if I could feel anything, anything at all. 
This also followed along with my lifelong pattern of taking things out on myself. I was punishing myself. I was hurting myself more than anyone else. All right, this next part feels kind of scary, but here we go with full honesty. A few years ago, it got so bad that I knew if I didn't do something, a more drastic event would happen. I was at the point where I felt like I might try to take my own life. So I reached out to my mental health team, and they've worked with me for years and are a wonderful support system. And before I knew it, I was inpatient in a behavioral health facility. I was there for a total of 11 days, and it was quite an experience. It wasn't a fancy private hospital. It was a state-run facility. Did it help? In a way, it did. I didn't learn anything new. All of the classes and groups that you had to attend talked about trauma and mental health, and those were things I already knew. But it gave me a unique perspective on myself. Many of the people who were there were young. They were just kids. They'd been in and out of the hospital so many times and knew the system inside and out. Some had smuggled in drugs or could get them from sources they had on the outside, so there was lots of dealing and exchanges. There were those also that had extreme outbursts and couldn't control themselves, and it was often pretty scary. But at the same time, I could see myself in a lot of them. I began to think of my situation in a different way. I already had the tools and knowledge to pull myself up out of the darkness. I just had to use them. I knew feeling like this was not what I wanted. I wanted to live. I wanted to feel. I wanted to be a part of my own life again. I began to really think about what I had, the people and things that I had in my life that needed me, my partner, my children, my family, my pets, my work. These became my anchor points, my reasons for being in the world. My trauma history, and I'm sure a lot of you can relate to this, didn't allow me to develop a sense of myself all on my own. I was always someone's child, someone's girlfriend, someone's wife, someone's mother, an employee. So if I needed to begin by knowing that if something happened to me, it would affect those closest to me negatively, that was okay. That was where I started. It was a way to anchor myself to the world, to being. I slowly began crawling up out of that pit, learning more and more about just how deeply all of my traumatic experiences had impacted me, the way I felt, how I reacted and behaved, and the things that I did. My therapist helped me so much. I love him. He's been such a huge force in my healing. But I also began researching and learning on my own. 
When I began deep diving into trauma-informed care, that completely changed everything for me. I began to understand myself in a completely new way. It was not my fault. I was not to blame. My constantly overactive and hypervigilant nervous system, brain and body were all reacting in a completely biologically correct way, given my traumas and my past learning history, my environment, even genetics. Throw in the impacts I have due to my brain injury and the burst brain aneurysm I suffered, it's no wonder I felt the way I did. I began to slowly let go of the idea that everything was my fault and that I was irreparably broken. I began to forgive myself, give myself grace, compassion, all of the things I so desperately needed from myself. I was on the path to getting better, slowly, but I was walking the walk. Those anchor points I identified for myself were the first stepping stones, the first foundational pieces in beginning my healing journey. They grounded me. They kept me here while I figured out the rest. When we're so deeply, deeply into our darkness, we lose sight of just how much we mean to others. We often don't really understand just how much our presence, our being, brings to the rest of the world. We are important and we have an impact. We matter all by ourselves, just us. A quick note about me. Am I completely better, healed and whole? No, I'm not. And I admit that completely. I still have days where I struggle. But now I know how to recognize what's happening. And I can take the steps I need in order to care more gently for myself on those days. If I can, I start with sensory basics. Soft clothes, soothing smells, things I can see, touch, smell, or hold to ground me. I allow myself to rest and I nourish my body with good, simple food and lots of water. I want you to think about what anchor points are in your own life. In spite of how alone and isolated you feel, Something, someone needs you here. We all need you. A person, a pet, a plant, a cause. It doesn't matter who or what it might be. I truly believe that we are all here for a reason. We just have to figure it out. We matter as human beings all by ourselves. Not the way we think we have to measure up to others' expectations, and most certainly not by comparing ourselves to anyone else. We all know those people who seem to have been through so much and just seem to rise effortlessly above it all and have it all together. Take my word for it, no one has it all together. Everyone fights battle no one else can see, believe me. 
Think about this for a moment. Who do you want to tell your story? You want to be the storyteller, the narrator of your own life and your own experiences. Someday, it'll be you that others look to for guidance, for help in how to heal. How cool would that be? You'll get there. Just do the work. Start small. One baby step forward at a time. Believe me, if I can do it, so can you. I promise we'll get there together. So this is where I like to close us out with a new exercise that we can add to our mindfulness toolbox that we're building together. Remember, you don't have to do this now or at all if you don't want to, but you might just listen and tuck it away for future reference. We're going to do something a little different this week. We're going to build a grounding sensory toolkit together. A sensory toolkit is a small box or bag where you keep a few items that you can use to help you ground when you have difficult days. This has been so helpful for me. You can put into your toolkit whatever you want. It can be as simple or as complicated as you want it to be. You may want to have a big one to keep at home and another one that's portable so you can take it with you out into the world. So before we begin, let's start with our mindful belly breathing. Breathe slowly in through your nose, your belly naturally pushing out as you inhale to a count of five. Hold your breath for a count of one. Then slowly exhale out of your mouth. Your belly should naturally move in as you exhale to a count of five. Do this five times. So in building the toolkit, you may find one or two senses to be more helpful than others. Most people already have developed sensory grounding resources without even realizing that that's what they're doing. For example, using soothing music. So think about some things that have helped you already and build on them. See if you can find strategies that help with overactivated trigger states like anger, panic, and anxiety, as well as ones that help with underactivated trigger states, numbness, depression, and disassociation, which is that disconnected feeling from yourself. So here's a list of possible items to place in your toolkit. So things you can see. Images or photos of a few people, places, or pets that bring about positive feelings or memories. You could put in an image or a picture of art with soothing colors. Notes with meaningful quotes or affirmations. A snow globe or a glitter jar. And I'll have a link to how to make your own in the show notes and on my website. Flameless color-changing candles. 
So for sound, you could have some earbuds or noise-canceling headphones, a calming playlist with music, meditations, stories, nature sounds, a tiny music box, any small instrument such as chimes, xylophone, a triangle, a small drum, anything that creates a sound that's soothing for you. Items for touch. They should be soft and squeezable. Stuffed animals, and lots of people love squishmallows. I actually have a very soft teddy bear that I use. A body pillow. A weighted blanket. Craft feathers or pom-poms. Next, you can add some things that are manipulatable with your fingers. You can move them in your fingers. They could be a beaded necklace or a bracelet, fidget toys, putty or plasticine, so think silly putty, Play-Doh or modeling clay, and pipe cleaners. Some items for temperature changing. Hand warmers, a heating pad, cooling lotion or salve with peppermint or menthol, a gel eye mask that you keep in the fridge, and instant cold packs. Next, for scent, you could have essential oils, calming and soothing scents like lavender, vanilla, sandalwood, energizing scents like citrus, eucalyptus, and peppermint, scented lotion, bubble bath or bath bombs. You could even use scratch and sniff stickers. Things for taste. Gum, mints, tea bags, sour candies, lollipops, even flavored fizzy water. Something that you can really taste in your mouth. So some other items you can add to your toolbox. These are just additional ideas. For me, I love oriental design items. So in my toolkit, I have an oriental fan that I can flip open and fan my face. I like the sound and the movement. They're inexpensive. On Amazon, they start at like $6 and up. You could try an activity like building blocks. This is another sensory motor exercise that can be soothing. Have a small set to include in your toolkit if you like. A bubble wand. Blowing bubbles is a great sensory tool that also supports you in slowing your breath. Try making lots of little bubbles or a big one. Watch them float away and try to catch or pop a few in the air. Use your imagination and include anything that appeals to you. This should even be fun. This is your toolkit. 
and it should speak to you and your heart and what it is that you need. So you might like to just simply have your toolkit handy and grab a few items that are calling to you in the moment. You can also use a variation of the 5-4-3-2-1 grounding technique. And this is a basic grounding technique that you know we've talked about in the past and I've described. So using non-judgmental awareness, so don't think too hard about what you're feeling, you can orient each sense to items in your toolbox. For example, you could name each item out loud or in your head. You could maybe note one descriptive attribute of each item. So for example, you might say blue picture, soft blanket, minty lotion, and so on. So moving further using the 54321 technique with the items in your toolbox, you can name out five things that you see that are in your toolbox. Name four things you can touch. Name three things you can hear. Name two things you can smell. And name one thing you can taste. You can go as slow as you like and try repeating it a few times using different items. Again, this is all you. This is all for you. So you do this in any way you choose. I hope this exercise was something you found helpful. And again, it's just more things we're adding to our mindful toolbox that we're building together. So whenever you need to go to that grounding toolbox, your sensory toolbox that you'll have, and pull out anything you need in order to feel calmer, safer, and more grounded, do it. I have put each exercise portion of the podcast to beautiful music and video, and it'll be up on my YouTube channel. It'll be on social media. So please like, subscribe, and share widely if what you see in here is something that you like. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen today. And please keep on listening wherever you listen. Please like, subscribe, favorite, follow me. And again, please share widely. And what you think really matters to me too. So comment on the show. Whatever's on your mind, let me know. You can find me on Facebook at Carrie Walker and Invisible Wounds Healing from Trauma, on Twitter at Walker 58 and my website, InvisibleWoundsHealingFromTrauma.com. Look for my new episodes dropping every Monday on all of your favorite podcasts, music, and listening apps. Please take extra good care of yourself and we'll talk soon.